Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome back. You're back in the podcast studio for another episode of Inside the Line at Football. Not forget about you, our loyal listeners. I'm Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette. Pleased to be joined by beat writer extraordinaire Scott Ritchie as we sit here on a late January Thursday, gray outside, snow on the ground this morning, Scott. Yeah. Kind of, kind of epitomizes east central illinois in the winter i'd say yeah and i'm over it (laughs) bring on spring (laughs) spring ball that's gonna be here before we know it after illinois makes its run to new orleans in the final four in basketball scott you get to come back and you get to maybe go watch some football practice i assume that i won't be able to watch anything um you know last year with you know a new coaching staff with brett bielma Everything was under wraps because, you know, didn't want Nebraska to get any secrets for that that week zero game. And now that they've hired, well, now that they've fired Tony Peterson and hired Barry Lunny Jr., new offense, can't let Wyoming have any of those offensive secrets. So I assume we'll be locked out of spring ball, essentially, and probably training camp as well. And, you know, that's their choice. But maybe you get to go to the game. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they're, well, they're going to play a game. I think it's going to be on TV if Brett Bielma has his say, so I assume they'll let us in if there's going to be fans there. Um, a lot has happened since we last recorded a podcast, which I believe was right at the week right after the Northwestern beatdown that sent Illinois into the offseason on a, on a positive note. Um, like Scott mentioned, a lot's happened in uh, almost two months since then. Uh, kind of surprising move uh, happened... Uh, 247 Sports, Jeremy Warner broke this story right about the same time Illinois and Minnesota were tipping off at Williams Arena in Minneapolis, which is where you were at, Scott, the night. It's where I almost uh, would still be (laughs) because I didn't know if I was ever going to get home. That's true. That's another story for another podcast inside Atlanta basketball. Um, Illinois fires Tony Peterson, makes it official three days after uh, the initial report came out with a I believe it was a two-sentence, 38-word statement released on a Friday night where I'm pretty sure Brett Bielema was at Aaron Henry's wedding down in Florida when the official release <laughs> came out. Yeah. That they were moving. That was like about 7 p.m. 7 p.m. on Friday. Uh, Not trying to bury that one at all. Not at all. Uh, who Tony Peterson, by the way, landed on his feet. He's still going to be an offensive coordinator next season in the state of Illinois. Just 45 minutes away from Champaign. And I mean, did he move? Like, I don't know. That's a good question. going to be at Illinois State, offensive coordinator for, for Brock's back now in the 2022 season. And then, what, 16 hours after the Peterson firing became official, the rumored hiring of Barry Lunny Jr. became official on a Saturday morning. It's like the moves had already been made. Yeah, it's weird. I, I'm not sure why it took so long to, like, make that happen unless it was just 
hammering out contract details with Barry Lunny. I was like, and I, I'd ask for the moon. And the the contracts, I don't believe, have they been approved for Lunny? I don't know. Whenever, okay. I mean, Scott's it, been on the basketball beat for the last two months, traveling a lot, dealing with health and safety protocols of his own, so yeah. he's had a lot going on since we last recorded. Um. But anyway, Tony, I mean, it's Tony not Peterson, like the, the Tony Peterson made seven fifty, yeah, seven hundred fifty thousand last season. I assume Barry Lunny probably makes similar. Ryan yeah. Walters is a million dollar man. Yeah, but here's the thing: you know, hired Barry Lunny Jr. I guess because there's a senior mm-hmm. still um, from UTSA. He wasn't making Big Ten coordinator level mm-hmm. money there, so I don't know that you have to had to break the bank to get him. Um, certainly, he's getting a raise, but. Uh, those details on. I mean, the board of trustees, you know, that's just essentially a rubber stamp. Like, they wouldn't have. I can't recall any coaching hire recently or in the even near past. It's like, board of trustees, like, nope. <laughs> Try again. Uh, so, I mean, it was, it's just, I mean, we'll figure out, like, what he's being made, but yeah. probably. A nice salary. Yeah. I remember when it was big news around here, it's only been five or six years. I think it was Bill Cubitt. It might have been Rod Smith. I can't remember where they made like $500,000 as an offensive coordinator. Now you're bringing guys in at a much higher pay scale for guys that haven't really produced much. I mean, Tony Peterson was fired for a reason after only one season. And it's interesting too, because he was the first hire of the Bielema era and lasted just a little more than a calendar year in that position. And now he's moving on. Yeah. And that creates some questions um, and questions that that I don't believe were asked when Brett Bielma had his last Zoom availability. I was somewhere in Iowa driving back from Nebraska for a basketball game, so it wasn't on the Zoom. But what? How many states have you been in since we last recorded a podcast, Scott? So we, we last did this on December 1st. Okay, so Missouri. Okay. Um, for the Bragging Rights game. Yep. Uh, really, not that many. Uh, Minnesota. Okay. Tell tell Iowa, folks, tell, fo- tell folks about your your travel adventures to Minneapolis. Well, you know, halftime of that that basketball game, get a notification that my flight the next morning had been canceled. That's why you drive everywhere, Scott. And then I tried to rebook that f- a flight home all through halftime, and they ended up canceling all the flights out of Minneapolis that day. That would have gotten me to Chicago. So. Hitched a ride with the 24-7 crew, Derek Piper. Thank you for driving through terrible weather conditions um, and giving me a ride and going out of your way to drop me off at Midway. So, you know, I made it back. But so Minnesota, Nebraska, Iowa, just it's the Midwest tour in the winter. And I'll be headed to Indiana soon mm-hmm. and and then to New Jersey and Michigan and a lot of other states in between. Pennsylvania in between yeah. Ohio. Okay. A lot of travel. But I was traveling when Brett Bielma talked about hiring Barry Lunny. I'm not sure there was a lot of discussion about firing Tony Peterson and probably needs to be because Bielma, you know, like you mentioned, that was his first hire and he specifically hired an offensive coordinator he hadn't worked with before. So didn't work out so well. They could form and, you know, an Illinois offense and not Brett Bielma's offense or Tony Peterson's offense. And um, that didn't work. I only had one of the worst offenses in FBS Mm -hmm. last year uh, when it comes to total offense, when it comes to scoring. Um, Do you feel this hire of Barry Lenny Jr.? I know this is a big picture question, and obviously we can't predict the future, but do you think this is 
one of, if not the most crucial hires he's going to make on his staff at Illinois. I know it's only beginning his second season of the Bielema era, but... Yeah, but he's already changed offensive mm-hmm. coordinators, and that's, you know, kind of a important position on the coaching staff. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, he hit the home run with Ryan Walters, who... Which didn't look that way after Barry Lunny Jr.'s Texas San Antonio offense picked apart Ryan Walters' defense in the second game of the season. Yeah, and then Virginia yes. did very much the same. Um, but they figured it out, mm-hmm. and, you know, Ryan Walters made the most of what Lovey Smith left behind and, you know, a defense that wasn't very good in the last, under the last staff. And you know, he was aptly rewarded with a, a million dollars. Uh, I think it's contract. a million dollars, 50,000, a million 50,000. Oh, I don't know how do you say that. I don't either. No, just round down it's at a that lot point. of zeros and then like a one and a five in there. But, so I mean, I, that's, that side of the ball's figured out, I guess. We'll see if they can repeat or improve that performance. But, yeah, got to figure out the offense. And if it's not Barry Lunny and you have to fire a second offensive coordinator at any juncture mm-hmm. in the in the next however many years, problem. Well, Barry Lunny Jr. and Brett Bielema have a, have a history together. Uh, Bielema hired him at Arkansas before he coached a game with the Razorbacks uh, before the 2013 season. I uh, was on staff for all five of Bielema's seasons in uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas, and then stayed on with Chad Morris uh, once he replaced Bielema. He was actually Arkansas's interim coach for the final two games of the 2019 season. Lost to uh, top-ranked LSU, eventual national champs LSU, and, and Missouri. But he's a guy that I would imagine Illinois would try to recruit his home state of Arkansas, maybe more now with their their OC, given his ties to the Razorback State. Um, I don't know if it's a stretch to say this. I know Barry Lenny Jr. is well past his college playing days as a quarterback at Arkansas, which he was he did from 1992 to 1995. But given the current roster of Illinois quarterbacks, he might be the best one well i mean art sikowski had surgery on shoulder and his broken arm and they were opposite so Mm -hmm. um he who knows when he'll he'll throw a pass again soon eventually this year in 2022 i would imagine but uh how many vetoes not officially on the illinois roster at the syracuse transfer yeah and he had a good year at Syracuse, but just lost his job. I mean, uh, Dino Babers went in an entirely different offensive direction, so which you know, didn't work out. Well. No, <laughs> no, it didn't. But I mean, that that was the reason. It's not like he was playing poorly. He just wasn't mm-hmm. the the style of quarterback they wanted anymore. But I mean, who knows? It's a one year bridge to something. I don't know. One year bridge to Donovan Leary. I mean, that was Tony Peterson's quarterback. Does Barry mm-hmm. Lunny like Donovan Leary as much as Tony Peterson did? There's, it's a it's an interesting conundrum they find themselves in. Well, and you think back on it too, Illinois when they've had their moments of success, their brief flash in the pan seasons that people remember. You think back to 2001, quarterback Kurt Kittner, 2007, quarterback Juice Williams. Say what you want about Nathan Chios. He was a four-year starter. They won back-to-back bowl games for the first time ever in program history. The common thread with all three of those guys is 
they were the guys for three or four seasons. They were the face of the program. And ever since Shieldhouse graduated, I guess you could maybe throw Wes Lunt in this, although injuries marred his career and, and lofty expectations placed on him out of Rochester and Oklahoma State. Illinois hasn't had that guy at quarterback, and I don't think that's a coincidence for why the program has had the struggles they've had for the last decade plus. So figuring out that position is crucial if Brett Bielema wants Illinois to compete in for Big Ten West titles. Again, we can get into it too if the Big Ten West even exists in a couple of years with reports out that they want to tweak the scheduling, get rid of divisions. Which I guess I understand, and you know maybe your best two teams playing in the mm-hmm. conference championship game is you know a good thing, but. You know, there's some rivalries that have developed with the divisions once they, you know, became, you know, geographic in nature instead of legends and leaders in nature. And I, I couldn't even tell you who was a legend and who was a leader. No idea. Yeah. It's that was a mistake, Jim Delaney. Beyond me. And Jim Delaney's poked fun of himself, too, in yeah. subsequent interviews about how he messed that uh, up. But, yeah, I mean, and this isn't just an Illinois thing, but, like, every football team, it comes down to your quarterback. Because, you know, he's the one that has the ball in his hands every single offensive play, um, whether he's throwing it or handing it off to a running back. Um, and I don't know what, what Illinois is going to do. I mean, you would have to imagine Tommy DeVito's the guy week zero against Wyoming. Right yeah, now. you don't bring in a transfer with a year left and, like, use him as your backup. And if that's the case, something went terribly wrong. And Art Sikowski's got, I think, two more years of eligibility Sounds right. this season and next. So, like, does he get a year in 2023? Like, is he back in the starting role that he took from Brandon Peters? Kind of. I mean, there's injuries there, of course, for Peters, but then also not injuries. Um, like Brandon Peters was in the Hula Bowl last month. Uh, I saw a little bit of that. Um, he threw a terrific touchdown pass. I was like, didn't see that often. At least, you know, this year. Um, but, again, like, Donovan Leary was a Peterson quarterback. Mm-hmm. We don't know what kind of quarterbacks that Barry Lunny, you know, wants. Well, that'll be something interesting to kind of follow recruiting-wise is, like, who's getting offers. Like, mm-hmm. are they 6'5 to 25, or are they more like what he had at UTSA with Frank Harris? It's just a smaller QB, but, you know, uh, an agile one that mm-hmm. can, can run the ball as well. Um Lots to be determined there, and it'll sort of dictate, I think, how successful Illinois is going to be. One aspect I don't think you'll see change, though, even with Barry Lenny Jr. as Illinois' offensive coordinator, is a run-first approach. Uh, He showed that the last two seasons at Texas San Antonio with Sincere McCormick, uh, established himself as one of the, probably arguably one of the best running backs in FBS, not just in the group of five schools at all, but you'd have to think, too, just based on the returning players that Illinois has at the moment as the roster reshuffle continues this offseason. We'll get into that here in, in a few minutes. You've got Chase Brown back. He started off slow last season, had a couple huge games, rushed for more than 1,000 yards. I think 1,005 was the uh, official total, but he still joined an elite group here at Illinois of running backs who have crossed that threshold. Josh McCray showed flashes more towards the middle part of last season. Uh, I'd have to think that's an intriguing option, too, just given his size and, and the fact, too, that he's going to have a full offseason uh, with Illinois. Mind you, too, right around this time, 
last year folks were just getting to know the name Josh McCray because he was uh, the first the first signee that Bielema had too after he, he got the Illinois job. So those are two building blocks that uh, Illinois is going to build off and have to build off of. But there's huge question marks at uh, another skill position, wide receivers, mainly do they have any. <laughs> also, uh, offensive line, you're replacing three starters, three veteran starters in, in that unit. Scott, just kind of take us through some of the some of the transfer shuffling and guys that are in the portal that were on the roster last year for Illinois. Yeah, well, there there haven't been a ton of transfers, but most of them have been, you know, wide receivers. Uh, like, the majority of them have been wide receivers, in fact, uh, including, uh, more recently, Carlos Sandy and Donnie Navarro, but also Devon Campbell, Desmond Dan, who actually I don't think played a game after transferring in from New Mexico State. Uh, Deuce Span. Go to, to Florida State. Go to Florida State. That's the the most notable transfer destination. Did uh, I don't know this off the top of my head. Did Illinois have a better record than Florida State last year, though? Uh, maybe I don't. Florida State was really bad. I stopped paying attention. That's, to that's them. sad to me. That's Florida State needs to be good in college football. As yeah. a child of the '90s, seeing Charlie Ward and Chris Winkie and Warwick Dunn and all those dudes down in Tallahassee and Bobby Bowden. I mean. Florida State's bad. That's just doesn't seem doesn't seem right. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, let's see. Javar Armstrong transferred after tr- just not even a calendar year in Champaign and came in from Notre Dame. Then was maybe hurt, I think, a little, and then also just never played. Um, and then Marquez Beeson, who I think qualifies as a wide receiver because he made that position change. Um, and he wound up at Alabama A&M. And Eddie Smith as well. The he was Alabama, a defensive back. Alabama transfer last offseason. Yeah. Uh, he's gone, too, mm-hmm. uh, to Arkansas State. And then just a couple others that have entered the portal. Derek Smith, the uh, much maligned kind of safety. I mean, that was his position, I guess. Transferred from Miami to Illinois. Played two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, not particularly well. And he's, you know, he's gone. And then Daniel Barker pulled out of the NFL draft and entered the portal. Kind of a big blow there. Mm-hmm. He's, especially considering there's almost no one left in the wide receiver room. So you imagine, hey, tight end's going to get the ball a lot. But everyone thinks that going into an Illinois football season, then it almost never happens. Barker is the career leader in touchdown catches, though, by an Illinois tight end with 11. So. Cut an awful big one in East Lansing in yeah. 2019. And then Jakari Norwood, uh, who was essentially third string running back you know, by the end of the the 2021 season. So there's your transfer portal out. Transfer portal, out. Um, transfer portal in. Uh, Tommy DeVito, maybe. Not officially been announced. He posted on Instagram he's in Champaign. So yeah, one assumes he'll be announced at some point. Uh, and then today, actually... Illinois did announce, uh, um, hopefully I'm pronouncing this right, Tira Edwards, uh, defensive tackle from Northwestern. Um, position of need, certainly. Um, and kind of lottery ticket for Brett Bielma because you, know, you don't know what you're going to get. He had two solo tackles in two seasons so far with the Wildcats. He's going to give all the state secrets away of what's going on in Evanston. Although Brett Bielema figured out those state secrets with their 47-14 beatdown. Does the hat reside in Champaign for a year then? Yeah. Is it at the Smith Center? Yep. They they have a spot for it, I think, in the the locker room. Okay. 
So, been a while. Yeah. That spot was empty. For a long time. So that's the transfer movement. More out than in right now. And based on what they're doing um, on the high school and JUCO front, not going to be a whole lot of spots more left for transfers in. And they they picked up what uh, junior college offensive lineman Zion Chrysler out of Mississippi. Yeah, big fella, yeah. six seven three fifty. Um, and then uh, he was uh, out of Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. One, of, I mean, I think it's a, a notable mm-hmm. program in Mississippi. Uh, only had one other offer, Southern Miss. Uh, so take that with what you will. And then Matthew Bailey. Uh, a safety out of Moline, uh, two-star recruit, only had FCS offers. In-state kid, though. Sure. Eastern and Western were after him, and then the Dakotas. We know how good FCS football is, Scott. We also know how good Big Ten football is as well. Yeah, and one's, for the most part, better than the other. <laughs> um, so Eastern and Western, and then North and South Dakota, but so not the like good Dakotas, which are with the state, the state version, gotcha. both of those. All right, and then been some recent 2022 offers and some crystal ball picks on the 24/7 site uh, for three guys. I honestly, never heard of before. Um, kind of under the radar, considering uh, their offer lists or kind of lack thereof. But uh, a tight end out of Florida, uh, Navion Cargill. Big guy, 6'6", 215. No other offers, though, besides Illinois. Noah Matthews, 6'6", 260 defensive lineman out of Delaware. Uh, just FCS offers for him. And then Xavier Scott, uh, six-foot athlete. So you're thinking probably defensive mm-hmm. back or wide receiver. Maybe wide receiver at this point. <laughs> um, also out of Florida. Um just uh, he had offers from has offered other offers from Air Force, uh, Florida Atlantic, Georgia State, UMass. Um, so Illinois could be adding more okay. to its 2022 class, and uh, February signing day is coming up here Next shortly. Day. Yeah, so could have some news there. Um, but that's just with the 22 that signed in December, um, plus the two transfers in so far. Um, Depending on if Brett Bielman is able to like backdate some of these guys, especially the the early enrollees, maybe um, not a whole lot of scholarships to work with to round out the roster because he he can only add thirty two. Doesn't matter how many go out the door, mm-hmm. can only add thirty two. Something he's not particularly thrilled about. And he kind of talked about this in December. He just kind of sees it should be a, a one out one in mm-hmm. type of deal. It's common sense. Yeah, it's the NCAA though. Yeah, and I think I mean the the downside of that I guess is teams that just run off a bunch of dudes and then maybe in the portal it's like well we're gonna get the ten best transfers or something. Um, so I suppose that's an issue, uh, but for now this this season, no matter how many are out, only thirty two can come in, and that number is available scholarships is dwindling. Well, and uh, besides that, some uh, some guys on last year's roster have made announcements. I guess you could say. Usually, just again, I just come back. Just come back. Even like 
pre-pandemic, like two, three years ago, it was just like, oh, yeah, you're, you're coming back. You're going to have to post a big video announcement, you know, for... I understand if you're like Iowa DeSumo or Kofi Coburn, whatever, but if you're just... No offense, Luke Ford, Jamal Woods, Michael Marchese. It's more pertains to Marchese, I guess. If you're just kind of a guy, you know, these big uh, big graphics that are flashed on social media. But those three veteran players are coming back to Illinois. Yeah, and Luke Ford talked about tight ends. Is this going to be the year he, you know, Barry Lane Jr., tight ends coach at Arkansas, had some good ones. Down and, and he actually, I think, you know, recruited Luke Ford out of high school. There you go. When Luke was all Big Ten season out of Luke Ford this year. Well, the the hype that has followed him since his days at Carterville in Southern Illinois are going to come true this year. Hot takes one hundred and one in late January. Okay, I mean, but that's that's been the case like every year he's played football in in college. Uh, there's a lot of expectations, and the results haven't matched. But maybe maybe this is the year. Um, I will say though, Michael Marquez, his his announcement on Twitter, uh, terrific use of a uh, of a Simpsons meme. So shout out for that. Um, but yeah, I mean the roster is certainly still unsettled. I think and Jamal it, Woods too. He's a veteran guy, program guy. I know he's dealt with a handful of injuries. He just can't time. stay on the field, exactly. you know, which is unfortunate. You know, he played just uh, for a full season. Mm-hmm. Like he, he'll get out there and then he'll be like, okay, playing well, and then. Has been kind of injury central. Probably has the best name of a hometown on the Illinois roster, Hueytown, Alabama. Yeah, you need to stop there, Scott, in your travels. I don't go south all that often. Just venture when you're way back from Piscataway in a couple of weeks. Just well, I got to go to Michigan. Okay, after yeah. that, I was like, if you're willing to finance this, <laughs> like I, was, I might just travel <laughs> forever. Um, but I mean, the roster's unsettled now. Like, spring ball hasn't even happened yet. It'll be more unsettled, I would imagine, after that. Uh, particularly, I think, on the, the players out side of things, because that's when you sort of figure out where you stand heading into the next season. And some guys might not like that spot for themselves. So, uh, we'll see. I mean, we're a long way away from kind of figuring out what this 2022 team's actually going to look like. One other. Uh Note I want to highlight before we wrap uh, wrap up this week's or yeah this week's episode of Inside Line of Football. We'll be back more frequently than every two months or so. Like I said, Scott's been very busy covering the Illinois men's basketball team, and uh, we'll, we'll provide more frequent updates than every two months or so uh, before the the 2022 season rolls around. But the Big Ten announced basically a revised Big Ten schedule. Um, it's been a couple weeks now. Uh, some changes for Illinois. Their their three non-conference games stay the same. They host Wyoming August 27th, another week zero game for Brett Bielma. Can we just he, call that week one? Yeah, I wish we could. Brett Bielma seems to really be a fan of uh, kicking off in, in late August. He likes how it kind of flows through and sets up off weeks. Uh, well, because it gives him a guess. second There you go. bye week. Bye week. In the season. Apologies, Bob Austin. Uh, so another week where his staff can get out and recruit. Um yeah, I mean, the the biggest change is Elmoy won't have to go to State College. For a third straight year. Next year. No game against Penn State. Ed Bond's sad he can't go visit the Creamery now. Where's, what's there to do in Bloomington? I don't even know because Illinois football hasn't played there in nine years. You know who their starting left tackle was the last time they played in at Memorial Stadium Bloomington? Well, Illinois starting left yeah. tackle or Indiana's? Because I, I couldn't. I, uh, starting left tackle Illinois nine years ago. That would have been 2012? I think he was left. He was a tackle. I can't remember if it was left or right. 
Simon Sianovich. Oh. I only know that because I covered the game. There. Okay. Steve Hall had a great game. Illinois lost to like 53, 56-32. I think Indiana had like those chrome helmets or something. Oh. Yeah, those aren't great. Yeah. Uh, in terms of replacement, though, for Penn State, um, maybe as good as Illinois could have hoped for getting Indiana. Um, hey, a year ago at this time, it, folks in Bloomington were puffing their chest and talking about how great their football program was and how they needed to be ranked in the preseason top 25, and then they went out and went 2-10 and ten and didn't win a Big Ten game. So, yeah, so many things have changed a little bit in Bloomington. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's not Ohio State, so that's a win. Mm-hmm. Um, I already had Michigan, so that was... The Michigan game, though, was interesting because they moved that on the schedule, so... It's in Ann Arbor at the Big House, a place historically where Illinois had some memorable wins, but they're only memorable because they only happen very rarely. Um, They play the Saturday before Thanksgiving, which, if you're the glass half full guy, that's a trap game for the Wolverines. Because Michigan will just be thinking about Ohio State. Exactly. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Uh, uh, Maybe not. But, so, it wasn't Michigan State. Also, I guess a win. I don't know what their team. Michigan State like. was already on the schedule. Were they? Yeah, they're coming here to Champaign. Yeah, I missed that. It's all right. I don't look ahead that far in football, <laughs> especially during basketball season. Uh, it, but it could have been like Rutgers or Maryland again, and that's not maybe great for Illinois because those teams have won mm-hmm. fairly frequently against Illinois. So Indiana, maybe best case scenario. Yeah, that yeah. Illinois could send Tom Allen packing. It's Indiana's season opener, the September third game. So maybe over, not immediately, but you, Wyoming's good. They won the bowl game there in the fans. Yeah, hope the whole thing about that is like all of their talented skill players hit the portal yeah, immediately after that bowl game. Quarterbacks coming back? Though. I don't think so. Okay, maybe not. I'm pretty sure he transferred to Kansas State. Well, then okay, not so tough. Then we got to look into that more. I, I I yearn for the days of college football where the words transfer portal weren't in it or involved. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure like quarterback, running back best receiver all were like it's been fun it's been fun out in laramie and but maybe not fun enough not enough to do i mean i've been to wyoming you have not like laramie but like oh, i've been okay. to the state oh really what it's, was this yeah it was a long time ago okay Lots on a vacation change. okay uh, it was more passing through because honestly not a lot to do out there so <laughs> hitting transfer portal uh not surprised okay but i suppose you never know i mean boomerang right back and say he misses the Cowboys. Still tough tough uh you know group of five school that wants to prove themselves against a power of five team week zero. It's not gonna be a it's not gonna be a layup. No. Um but I think for what the schedule could have been, again, could have been Ohio State. Yeah. Because that game in twenty twenty didn't happen because the Buckeyes had COVID. And some Illinois fans think they were ducking Illinois that <laughs> <laughs> Sure, maybe not, um, but the schedule I think sets up again fairly well for Illinois, and I kind of thought that last year, and then like the early games didn't happen, and maybe as most everyone at the Smith Center was was hoping for, but you know, eventually in, into I, mean, I guess you got to say five and seven to yeah. success. I mean, that's so you're saying there's a chance for a bowl game next year is what I'm hearing out of you, Scotty. Nope. Don't want to go on record for that in January. Why not? Because I don't know who's on the team. <laughs> or who's on everybody else's teams. There's a lot to, to sort out now. It's all right. Scott Ritchie, we like to give him a lot of grief for his 
we make him do predictions for every football game, which you killed last year for the most part until your slide at the end of the year when you fell from national title contender to Outback Bull participant in the the beat writer prediction rankings that are non-existent. But also too, and I pointed this out, to, <laughs> I pointed this out to Scott a couple weeks ago before Michigan men's basketball visited Champaign for that much anticipated game that was kind of a dud, bit of a, a dud, with uh, you know evil villain Hunter Dickinson not suiting up uh, in State Farm Center. I showed Scott Ritchie our front page last April of. Uh, every year we do this for college football and for college men's college basketball, and we do it for women's college basketball too, where we these are the top ten teams for the next season. Who's going to win the national title? And Scott had the Michigan Wolverines as his top pick in college basketball last April. How's that looking so far, Scotty? They won last night against Northwestern. Okay, seventy-two seventy. I mean, they're playing a little better, but. Uh, I'd like to take that one back, <laughs> if all possible. It, I mean, it's a tough thing to do in normal circumstances, but like now, where rosters, especially basketball, yeah. like you might not know who's on the team till July. Yeah. So picking a national championship contender in April uh, turns out it's uh, kind of tough. We'll still ask you to do it again in a few months. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up this show. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Ed Bond for making it sound good. Thanks to Scott Ritchie for finally getting off the road and being healthy and able to do this again. Uh, We'll be back sooner rather than later for another episode of Inside Atlanta Football.